Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Get your free copy of A Guide to Passively Investing in Commercial Real Estate. Inside, you'll learn the basics of passive income and real estate syndication, what kind of returns you can expect, how to find a sponsor, and how to evaluate the risks. Download your copy in the show notes or visit lifebridgecapital.com forward slash invest better to start your investment journey. This is your daily real estate syndication show. And we're introducing some new segments called the Real Estate Syndication Show Highlights, where we are bringing you a look back at episodes focused on a specific topic that we believe added a lot of value to you in your syndication journey. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also hit the notification bell so you can continue to know when new shows come out. Have a blessed day. Today our guest is Amy Wan. Thanks for being on the show, Amy. Thanks for having me. Everybody wonders, you know, how should I structure this complicated thing that we're trying to put together? And I appreciate you explaining this. So get us started. All right. So maybe the first thing to do is we want to define a few terms and dispel a few myths. So I think there is a lot of talk around GPLPs versus LLCs. And they're very similar, but they're slightly different, right? Everyone thinks that when they're going and doing a real estate syndication, that it's automatically going to be a GPLP structure. But that's not always the case. Here's the difference, right? I think that when it comes to folks who are better off with a GPLP, they tend to be people who they're not beginning real estate syndicators. They are experienced syndicators who are doing this full-time and have a full-time team, right? So you have a team of maybe 5, 10, 15 people, maybe you've got a handful of principals, right? Versus folks who are using more of an LLC structure, even if they are doing this full-time, they don't have a full-on team and there tend to be not nearly as many principals. Why? Because this all goes back to succession, right? So the question is, what happens? When you're a real estate syndicator, you get on a plane to go see your next project and the plane goes down. What happens with all your other projects? Your investors are going to be in a state of panic, right? If you are using an LLC structure, that structure tends to be a lot more flexible, right? So if you look at the standard voting guidelines and the way the the operating agreement is set up and everything like that, Basically, it allows a lot more flexibility for someone else to come in and run the project if something ever happens to the syndicator. Now, there is a chance that the reverse could happen, that the syndicator is still around and the investors are all just super unhappy. And so the investors basically vote the sponsor out and try to take the project over themselves or they try to find someone else to manage it or something like that in case the thing is going sideways. But so long as you're keeping your investors happy and you're communicating with them and keeping them well-informed, that's a pretty rare occurrence. Now, for the GPLP structure, 
it is not nearly as flexible, right? So much more rigid. So the reason why you want oftentimes a full-time staff and many more principals is that there's only a set number of people who can take over in case something happens to one of the principals, right? The other principals are going to step in or something like that. Maybe folks on the staff will step up or something like that, but it's not going to be a situation where you're going to have a whole lot of options, right? And so you really want a much more professional, robust succession plan in place to the extent you're using the GPLP structure. The next thing I want to cover is one question I always get is how many entities do I need, right? And it really depends on what are you doing, right? Every project is different. Could I go back to the first thing just for a minute? Yeah. The GPLP structure versus LLCs, I hear it like at every conference, especially people trying to get in to the business. I don't want to have to do the syndication thing. I don't want to have to pay all the attorney fees. And I try to ask, well, what role do all the other people play? Are they just giving you money? (laughs) In the two, it's almost practically the same thing. Just because you're doing a GPLP structure does not mean you're not syndicating and you don't need legal documents, right? So long as you take one non-accredited investor, you are required to have documents. The rest of the time, it is highly recommended you have the documents, right? In terms of when are you selling a security? So I'm going to tell you a quick story, right? Once upon a time, a couple of decades ago, there was this orange farmer in Florida, right? And he thought he was going to be really clever and basically pick on tourists that were coming through that part of Florida and sell them the land that all the orange trees were on. And then he was going to lease it back so that he could actually farm on the land. The SEC got wind of this. They were not incredibly happy. And so this is all a real story, by the way. That is how the Howie test came about. So the guy who actually did this, his name was Howie. And so there actually is a very basic test that tells you whether or not something is actually a security, right? So the Howie test is a four-prong test. And basically, it defines whether or not something is a security. Anytime you're selling a security, all the securities laws applies. Doesn't matter if you're doing a GPLP structure, doesn't matter if you're doing an LLC structure. This does matter in terms of classifying whether or not it's a JV or not a JV, which people also get confused about. And I think we talked about this on the first show, but I'll come back to that in a second. So the Howey test is basically this. It's one, an investment of money. Two, there's an expectation of profits. Three, there's a common enterprise. And four, it depends solely on the efforts of a promoter or third party. Okay, so in your average real estate syndication or GPLP thing, right, investors are investing money. They're expecting to get a profit. The common enterprise, there's different ways that is interpreted, but basically... This is all a common thing. It's not like, oh, this person's doing this, this person's doing that, right? It's all a common project. And then four, which is the most important part, is it depends solely on the efforts of a third party, right? So in a GPLP structure, 
you have some silent investors and then you have the actual sponsors, the GPs, right? So long as you have passive silent investors, that's still going to count as a security. We have Scott Smith. He's a real estate investor and asset protection attorney in Austin, Texas. Thanks for being on the show, Scott. Hey, thanks for being here. I mean, it's really exciting for me to be able to, anytime I have an opportunity to share about these really powerful structures of how we can just do business better is always super fun for me. I love real estate. I'm investing for over eight years myself. And now I'm currently in 10 different states and all different asset classes. So I'm an open book here today to share with you, you know, whatever we can. Something I really liked about Scott is, is not just an attorney, but he's also a real estate investor. So he's going to understand things about the business that a lot of attorneys don't. And I'm really looking forward to the shows. Tell us how your company is going to benefit a syndicator specifically. Yeah. So there's a couple of things when you're looking at the syndication realm that you need. I mean, you're going to need a CPA, need the deal maker who's going to be the typically is a syndicator. And then you need the attorney that's going to help you put together the deal. And maybe even a couple of attorneys, depending upon how you're doing the financing piece of it. The CPA piece, if you don't have one, we can help you find a great one. The deal finder piece of it, we have people that have deals if you're great at raising you know, money or vice versa. And then what we specialize is helping people in is how to use the right company structure for that. Typically, you know, there's two ways to do that. You can do that either through like an LLC that's just going to be like a plain normal LLC that you would close on in or a more advanced structure is going to be something like a series LLC. With the series LLC, you would you know continue to close on the name of an individual LLC for financing purposes, but then you have this completely separate asset holding company that you can park all of your assets in. So that way, if you're ever sued, people can't get to the assets themselves because they're isolated from the transaction. And a series LLC is neat because you can scale for free. You get to create LLCs for free on your desktop. Tell me, when would I need a series LLC or break that down a little bit, what that is? So maybe if I've never heard of series LLC before. Yeah. So a series LLC is essentially, it gives you the ability, you can create it in over 12 different states right now, but you can create them in one state and use them everywhere. Just like people have used Delaware LLCs, they form up in Delaware and use them everywhere. We're doing the same thing. Typically, we're using a Texas series LLC, not because I love Texas, even though Texas is great. It's because Texas is cheap and strong when it comes to what the costs are associated with it. But series LLCs, they essentially allow you to create unlimited LLCs for free. And the advantage to that is when, whenever you would need multiple LLCs, right? So typically what we're talking about for real estate is we want one LLC per asset. So that way if there's ever a lawsuit involving that one asset, they can't go after any of the other assets. And a series LLC allows you to do that without having to create like a new LLC and a new bank account, a new set of books and a new reporting for each individual. LLC you would do. Series LLC, it's one company with one EIN number, one set of books, etc. So it gets all of your life stays super simple and streamlined while you're scaling up. Hmm, that's interesting. So is that going to work the same if I'm in single family homes? If I have 100 single family homes, could I have a series LLC? Or if I'm a syndicator and I have numerous deals, what does that look like and who does it benefit the most? Yeah, so it works exactly the same, no matter what assets you're using whether it's going to be apartment complexes to notes to single family homes. This is the one way that you can really get top level protections for relatively cheap as compared to the old model, which was, you know, individual LLCs. So we find that people that have single family homes usually have, you know, somewhere between two to 10. I have a few clients that have, you know, 50 to hundred plus single family homes that we look at with what we do for them. But the syndicators that we work with, 
really like it because let's say you're syndicating a deal that you're going to close on, say, in Tennessee, right? So what you could do is you close on the deal that's there in Tennessee and you close on the name of a Tennessee LLC that you started because that's what the financing company is going to want you to do. And then after the time of closing, you'll transfer it over into a series LLC to be your asset holding company while your Tennessee LLC remains as your operating company. So the Tennessee LLC is going to be the landlord for the property. It's going to hire contractors. It's going to manage all the business and take on all the liability. But the actual ownership of the property is going to be held inside of a series LLC structure. And we have some cool things that we incorporate with that, like using land trusts that help you own the asset anonymously and help you avoid any due on sale clause problems that come up with that. So it's really a way that you can scale and have one safe entity that's like super safe for everything that you do. And you compartmentalize all the liability or things that would trigger lawsuits in your life into a separate shell company, which would be that Tennessee LLC. Nice. What's big mistakes or even one or two specific things that you see commonly done incorrectly by syndicators as far as the deal structure? Yeah, well, they'll start running all of their business out of the same LLC that actually owns the asset. The number one thing for asset protection is always you separate the assets from the operations of a company. So all the assets need to be held in one company, even if you don't use a series LLC, right? Even if it's a traditional LLC, great, fine. But you need a completely separate company that doesn't own anything, but it does everything for you. Like essentially, it's your face to the world to it. So that way, when there's a lawsuit, what they end up doing is suing that shell company. And because that's the one that signed the leases or hired them on the contract or whatever, right? So now your shell company is tied up in a lawsuit. But do you really even care? Because all their worst case scenario there is that they get a judgment against a company that doesn't own anything and you just start up a new company. So it limits your downside risk for anybody that tries to sue you to be like, meh, really not that big of a deal. All I have to do is start up a new LLC. I don't even have to worry about that lawsuit coming after me. And the whole time, all of your assets are all protected in this castle that we build for you, which is you know completely anonymous. It has everything compartmentalized. People can't even find out that you even own anything by the time that we're done. We hope that you have enjoyed the highlight show today. You can always listen to the full episodes that were featured today by clicking the links in the show notes page in the, in the description box. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode, or you can go to lifebridgecapital.com forward slash podcast and click the feedback button. Let us know how we can add more value to you. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 